How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on, let's call it Thirsty Thursdays. Why not? I've got a nice ice cold bottle of water in front of me. Okay. You know, I needed to stay hydrated because Michaela and I went to happy hour with our boss yesterday and I forgot that I'm 42. It's not the same. Two cocktails at happy hour and then a glass of wine at home and I'm struggling. What? Yes. Two vodkas and we a had big old glass. We had two vodkas within a two-hour span. And I went home and had a glass of wine, and I'm struggling. I'm a little I didn't sleep that well. I'm a little rough right now. Oh, uh, my God, babe. I don't even know what to say to you're that. You're still a young child. I mean, I'm not a young child. You bounce back. But I do. The bounce back is real. Yeah, mine isn't today. I'm feeling it. Yeah, the only thing that stopped me uh, in my tracks is the fact that I brought Rocco to work again. So Lisa's out of town. With Bruno, mm-hmm. so all I've got is Rocco, and I feel terrible leaving him behind. So I've left him. I've brought him everywhere, but this morning we could not find his leash, oh. and I was like, "Come on, Queen, we have to go. I'm going to be late." And the way this man sleeps and is slow to get up, I've never seen anything like it. Like I was like, "Rocco, I need to go." You should marry. To work. You should marry my husband. Here's an idea. We'll swap spouses for a night. Great. You could sleep with a meal and watch what it's like to wake up with him in the morning before he's had anything to eat and he's tired. That's a blast. I'll what take Rocco any day. Oh, he's a bear. He's a bear really? in the morning. Oh, yeah. If you don't have food in him, he does not. We, we've had so many arguments over the years. I've had to learn to not talk to him before he eats. And he will say after he eats, all of a sudden, he'll do like a song and dance. He's grumpy every morning, though. He's a grump. Oh, my God, little grump boy. I wake up like happy guy. Every single then I'm a grump by nighttime. I'm the reverse. Right, <laughs> I go downhill. Right, um, but yeah. But we're talking about a 19 pound dog. Well, that okay. That 19 pound dog. Like wiggled, you don't even pay rent, bitch. He, like you don't even. He wiggled right out of his harness last night at Stash in WeHo, and all of a sudden he's getting ready to go, like, go up to the bar and order a drink himself. And Michaela's like, "What? How, how do you? I have no. Idea. He's like Houdini. Look, he's sleeping right now. He put his head in that pillow. Doesn't even care. Does not care, care that we have to work. When I tell you how difficult it was to get him back into the harness, I was like. It's th- it's this difficult for a full grown man to put this thing on you. How did you get out of it? No, no I, idea. That was the second time he got out of his and harness. It's, and it's tight too. It's it's no, all snug. No, he's he has a little Houdini boy. Well, my boy uh, has got his little paw issue right now, so we put some salve on it last night, and he's wearing one of those boots. He's very dramatic when we put the boot on. Him. I hear that. He walks funny. He looks at us like it's the most difficult thing to overcome in the world. Yeah. He is they a hate drama, the boots. drama queen. They hate the boots. The boots. They hate the boots. The cone. All the things. Don't like it. I so know. That's a doggy update for you on this a Thursday dog morning. Boy. Yeah, that's what's going on in our world. Uh, how about today? We've got Dr. Kim Gorgans uh, joining us uh, for Therapy Thursdays. We're talking about why do certain times of year just help our mood, right? There's something about this weekend. I went and I bought a bunch of little gourds and pumpkins and decorations and more candles and it makes me feel good why 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 do people put the christmas up and leave it up during the entire pandemic why there's a reason psychologically speaking and she's going to tell us that in therapy thursdays today uh we've also got um amen 
Yeah, I think we have a producer from A League of Their Own actually joining us today, too. A League of Their Own, uh, the reboot uh, series on Amazon Prime. Lots and lots of lesbian representation. I didn't know lesbians played softball. Lesbians! Or baseball or whatever it is. Um, yeah, lesbians love sports. I was on a kickball team for a minute. I know. I was, I was clearly joking. You're all athletes. Yeah. Every one of we you. Are. Everyone, so we have a great show coming up for you today. Uh, right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat from Michaela Gordon. What's going on? All right, babe. Well, Karine Jean Pierre took a moment at the beginning of Tuesday's White House press briefing to speak of her coming out story for National Coming Out Day. Like so many in the LGBTQ community, coming out wasn't an easy thing to do. My family was traditional and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated. But my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. It didn't change the things I liked to do. And it didn't change the goals I had for my life. The beauty of America is its freedoms and the promise that you can achieve your dreams, no matter your race, sex, country of origin, sexual orientation or gender identity okay okay sounds a little scripted it does a little wish, i wish you would have gone off script a bit yeah this feels just a little raged. bit a little robotic yeah well as the spokesperson for the most powerful person in the world <laughs> it's and a big as deal, a yeah. member of the lgbtq community jean pierre acknowledged the current political climate in which conservatives are attacking queer and trans people she did say that americans must strive toward the country's promise the administration is historic in its nomination and confirmation of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Assistant Secretary for Health Rachel Levine as the first out gay and trans people to attain Senate-confirmed positions. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. All right, another news. Far-right conspiracy monger Alex Jones has been ordered to pay a total of nearly $1 billion to families of several victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. The award came Wednesday Wednesday in one of three defamation suits filed by Sandy Hook families after Jones claimed the mass shooting was a hoax. He later acknowledged that the massacre was real, but that was after the suits were filed and families had endured threats and harassment. Jones also had a record of speaking out against LGBTQ rights and spreading various outrages and untrue conspiracy theories. He was an early and ardent supporter of Donald Trump's presidential ambitions as well. Look, as great as that sounds, Alex Jones doesn't have $1 billion, and those families are never going to see the money. And so it just feels like I love our judicial system when they're like, okay, you owe $75 million. Well, babe, they don't. Yeah. He doesn't have that. They're not going to well, get it. Well, he has worth hundreds of millions, though, and he's going to lose every single penny. Yeah, of that course. That part's good. He's just one of the most vile human beings in the yeah. world. Yeah, oh, he's gross. Just so nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get into what the 71 in D.C., 83 in Dallas, 74 in Seattle, 62 in San Francisco, 76 in L.A., and 98 in Palm Springs. And give us a vibe of it. I will say uh, also the January 6th hearings continue today, and they're showing some new unseen footage uh, and some Secret Service emails about Donald Trump and also calling him a clear and present danger, saying that he is actually not fit for office today and should never be allowed to run for office again. That's the case they're going to try to make in Washington. <sighs> that's a vibe. Here's a vibe. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It takes away today's peace. Mm. Yes, it does. Sure does. Yes, it does. Don't worry. Be, Be happy. happy. Do you know which Broadway musical used a bit of that song in a number that was phenomenal? Shut Up and Dance With Me, mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge. Sure did. 
Love it. Do you know that I actually didn't know that, but I just knew that Moulin Rouge has used every The only show that you and I have ever seen yeah, together. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I listen to the soundtrack all the time. You do? I saw it twice when it was in L.A., and I'm going to go see it again. It's in San Francisco right now, and I might fly to Ohio at some point to see it with my family. I, I'm, so I love good. that. I talked. I DM some of the cast members from the traveling company because they respond, and they love me. What is wrong with you? Listen, the uh, the Duke is a hottie. He's a daddy. He's so sexy. Okay. And he's Australian. Amen, sister. And he's got a hairy chest, and he's amazing. So there's that. Okay. So that's why I like all him. All right. Oh, and he's talented, too. Oh, that part. <laughs> How about this? The talent of it all. Not Gen Z trying to cancel the thumbs up emoji because they consider it hostile. What is happening? <laughs> oh, my God. Why is Gen Z like this? Wait, how is it hostile? Okay, let's let's be open to this. Let's okay. just try to consider okay. for a moment okay. that you send somebody a t- Okay, I'm actually I'm hearing it in my brain as I'm starting to process it. You send somebody a text and you said if if I sent you a text, I'm going to send you two different texts right now. I'm going to send you one that says, "Hey, do you want to meet me at 6 p.m. at the Abbey? Does that work for you?" You respond with a thumbs up. Yeah, that works. I get that. Yeah. But let's say uh I, I send you a text, or you send me a text. You say, AJ, honey, I love you so much. Like, you're my life and my soul, and, like, I couldn't live without you. And I replied with a thumbs up. I have sent that text, and you've replied with, you love the message. No words. Yeah, well, I send you a heart, but I don't send you a thumbs up. Thumbs up, is, in that scenario, is kind of cruel. A heart is letting you know, my heart is so full, I can't even respond right now. It's, I'm so in love with you, too. That's what that says. Okay. So, I could see how maybe a thumbs up right there... No. No? Here's why. Because it's then the age-old question of, like, you can't hear the emotion behind a text. Uh, Yeah. Like, that's all texting. That's all emojis. I feel like there have been so many times. No, you know the emoji behind my, when my eyes squint closed and my tongue sticks out, that emoji. You know what that means. You know that I'm cracking up. Like, you you made me laugh. Or, like, the tears are coming out, but, like, the head's tilted to the side. I'm really laughing then. Yes. But the thumbs up can be a little bit ambiguous. Okay. I hear that. But to cancel it it all together? That's a difficult... Well, you know, that's not... It's not the only one they want to cancel. Oh, great. They also, apparently, want to cancel the red heart. That's the one I use all the time. I I literally just told you I used it. Oh, my God. I okay, so I know, and I know that they do, because nobody that's cool uses the red hearts. Seriously? No, I, I'm serious. They use other colors. I swear, they use white, 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 or black. I know, I don't get it. Is and I swear to God, there's race, like a rule book. What's happening? We Listen, all have red hearts. There's a rule book that I do not have. Clearly. Because I send red hearts all the time, and then I met with, um. Whatever, whatever other heart emoji there is, it's never the red emoji heart. Wait, back. I think I have a. I think I know why the red heart might be too much. Why? It's too. It's like too much love. Y'all are weird because, with emotions. Like, yep. I'm, P.S. Yep. I'm not Gen C. You're close. I'm seeing that logic because red is like a heart. I like a. It's like getting strong somebody, emotion. Yeah. It's like somebody, but if you well, send a yellow heart, I love you too. Okay. But like light. Y'all need I to, love you too light. Listen, I'm a lot. <laughs> Don't For tell as me. sensitive as Gen Z is, yeah. you have a hard time with emotions. Yeah, you do. Yes. I'm not Gen Z. I know, but you have a hard time with emotions, too. So you can relate to that part. Gen Z does have a Listen, hard time Bonnie with emotions. Listen, finally said, I love you, too. There, yeah. I've been forcing her to love me, and yeah. she finally said it back, but she did not send a red heart emoji. probably an HR violation in and there somewhere. And you know somewhere. what? I send thumbs up all the time because it's like, I see it. 
Yeah, well, I, it is interesting. You bring up an interesting fact because this younger generation is all about being woke and in, in touch with their emotions and mental health and blah, 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 blah. But they really are they, – they struggle when it comes to emotions to actually, like, articulate something. If they're not comfortable with a red heart emoji, imagine – no wonder they're all single and not getting married and starting families and things like that. Like, like the, the idea of connecting in a world where you do everything with emojis and on social media and in dating apps – that's daunting to me. Yeah. If I care about you, I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say, I love you. you. And right it's okay. I love you, Michaela. I love you. You know that. Love I love you, Vanessa. Like, I, I have love for people. I just love people, right? So that one's a little bit weird to me. The okay hand, I get. If somebody sends Why? you this back with the with the thumb and the pointer finger touching and the other three fingers, that that's kind of because I do that move when I want to be a jerk. I'm like, got it. Got it. If I'm, really? Yes. If I'm there's arguing, not one emoji that I use as like an f you. Like there's not like not the thumbs up, not the okay symbol. I actually send more emojis than I do letters. I, that, I the okay symbol sounds Italian to me. Okay. okay. Oh no, they have mm-hmm. to flip it. You have to go like this. It goes up then. Yeah. Then yeah. That one feels because I I use that if I'm like yeah sure bro like whatever got it and I'll well, use that. So I don't I know if you were that here. One. When we did this segment, because it was a couple of years ago. I've been here but for two But do you remember? Years. No, I know. But it might Who have been. She? Okay. I love you. But do you remember? <sighs> did we do the article together where it said using emojis actually says so much about your personality? And, like, when you use emojis in texts, it actually says, like, you're a really fun person who's really loving and people that don't use emojis are just a little bit more serious Mm. so the use of emojis is also like a personality thing and the more that you use the more fun you are it's just a new way of expressing ourselves and and communicating it's just an updated version of what we all all been doing yeah all right well i say keep the thumbs up thumbs up it's ridiculous all right so i want you to get to this what's popping because one um i love this man and two, because I have a personal story, a grievance I need to share Great. here on The Morning Beat as soon as you share the story. What's popping? Great. Okay. Well, Christopher Maloney is saying, honey, I'm a 61-year-old zaddy, and he's embracing it. And honestly, he is, and he absolutely could get it. He's so hot. The Law & Order SVU star admitted in a new interview that he never expected to become a hottie with a body at age 61, but is happy to take on his second act. He said, it's a gas. It's fun. I don't know. Has anyone else been crowned zaddy? Once it's bestowed upon you, you just have to ride that horse as long as you can. Wait, no, not ride that horse. And that's what he said. And does he think he's the only zaddy? Yeah, he thinks that he's, <laughs> you know, and honestly, let him have it. Okay, here's the thing. Let the man have it. Here's the, I'm a, I'm a happily married man, right? But if I were not, and I met Christopher Maloney, I don't know, on a street. And he says, hello, Mr. Gibson. I'd say, hello, Mr. Maloney. And he said, I would like to do things with you. And I would say, anything you like, sir. Anything, Zaddy. He's so hot. Like, he's just hot, right? So then we were having this conversation in the studio just a moment ago when we were off the air about, like, how old's too old? And I was like, 61's not too old. Like, I'm 42. Like, that. He, if you look like that and you're 61, that's not too old, right? And, and then Vanessa, our producer, who is, what, 34? I'm 31. 31? Okay, you're 34. Yeah. You're 31. I get it backwards. Sorry. Uh, 31. Okay, now it makes a little bit more sense. And I said, what's too old for you? She goes, uh, maybe 40. And I said, I'm 42. And I was offended. Well, you're old. Well, listen, if I, I, I like to think that if I were like Butch and I was like, hey, lady, uh, do you want to go on a date with me and maybe make out? 
that she would say yes. Would you say that? But I don't that, know. That would be your first problem. I don't know why I immediately hey, want to. Hey, lady, listen, I would you like to make out or something? John Wayne is like babe, the epitome of masculinity age, for me. Line. I, I went to John Wayne. I'm so sorry. Hey, babe. Listen, you don't want. Would I, you like to make out or something as this. a butch man? Listen, Michaela Gordon, I'm going to tell you this. Oh my God. The, the, the radio is not an acceptable place for my pickup lines. I say nasty, nasty stuff. No, don't try, do. to, no, do. don't try do. to fix it now. I do. Don't try to act like you're a big, nasty daddy. All right, Vanessa. Because you literally said, all right, you, lady, would you like would you like to make out or something? Did that work on you, Vanessa? Nah. Yeah, look, she can barely contain mean? herself. No, look at her. She's over Vanessa, there Vanessa, put your jacket back on. She's smiling Whoa. ear to ear. Why are you getting undressed, Vanessa? This because is so weird. You, because you... Look, because my, she feels bad for you. My charms know no bounds. <laughs> hey, lady, why don't you come over here and make out or something? Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's hard to do a show when you and I were just watching uh, clips from last night's part one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Ooh, those ladies. This has turned into a flabbergasting situation. It's wild. I mean, it's, but it's like a do crime. You, it wasn't that long ago that I remember Lisa Vanderpump left the show and I, she, I couldn't stand her. Like She was like my least favorite character. And yeah. She was just awful, right? And when she left the show, there was a lot of speculation. Oh, the show can't go on. Oh, it got better. And their ratings went up. And for a season or two, they all got along really well. And then it started to get super dicey. And I love that. Like, I, and I'm friends with Lisa Renna, Erica Jane, Garcelle Beauvais. Like, it's interesting because they're, Garcelle and Lisa have been friends for many years, but they're not friends on the show. And once Garcelle came on, I feel like she started holding people accountable and it just fell up. And then the Erica Jane. Erica Girardi stuff is happening, obviously, legally. Um, and now Kathy Hilton. Ooh, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's also, a lot. here's some more tea. Um, Heather uh, McDonald. Oh, yeah. Also a friend. A friend? She's been on the show, yeah. 
just dragged the filth out of Bethany Frankel. Oh, yeah. Called her the biggest hypocrite in Hollywood. Yeah, I get that one, too. I totally get that one, too, but I'm surprised. Bethany Frankel's out here coming for the Kardashians every single day for some reason. Bethany Frankel is a hypocrite. Yes. And she's so worried about what everybody else is doing. I've never seen anything like it. She's trying to keep her, was it, she's a podcast or something. I think she's trying to keep that thing afloat. Uh, Mm. She was doing really philanthropic work for a while. I remember after, I uh, remember when Puerto Rico was hit really bad by a hurricane a few years ago. And Donald Trump went to Puerto Rico and threw paper towels at the people. Remember that? That's mm-hmm. how he was going to help them clean up. He literally threw paper towels. Um, she spent a lot of her own money and raised millions of dollars to fly supplies down there many times. So she's very philanthropic, but on the but she can't like keep her f- mouth her foot out of her mouth. Yeah, but like you can be a do-gooder, sure, and also be. A crappy a person. person. Yeah. I mean, look at Ellen DeGeneres, how uh, that story unraveled. Oh, so and sad. Bethany Frankel and Ellen DeGeneres are kind of one of the same. Ellen DeGeneres gave Bethany Frankel her own talk show for yeah. a season, and it just didn't end up doing well. Did not. Remember, Chris Jenner had a talk show too. Remember that? Chris? Also, no. I think the same season as Bethany. Was no. it the same year or within a year or so of each other? Yeah. I don't remember that. Everybody was getting, you get a talk show, you get a talk show. Very Talk diff- shows are so out, I feel like, now. Very different landscape. Jay hud is doing okay. Sherry's doing well. Um, I've watched both of them. They're they're good. I think Sherry's a more natural talk show host. Uh, she took over for Wendy Williams, so I definitely have an affinity there. That's my, my family. Um, Jay hud Jennifer Hudson, is interesting. Yeah. She's very much not a host, but she's an EGOT. She has all the talent in the world, so if she can figure it out to be a little more relatable, she acts like everything's brand new to her. Like, what? I've never heard of this. Like, every day. And it's like, come on, girl. You Jennifer got an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. You're, this isn't your first trip to the rodeo. Here's where I show her grace, though. She, like, had a horrific loss in her family, and I feel like it changed her so much. No, I love her. I, I think she's really fantastic human. I yeah. really, really, And that's why I watch. Yeah. I think the hosting skills still need a, quite a bit of development. But that'll come. Yeah, it'll that'll come. come. Hopefully she's on air long enough for that to happen. Right. Hopefully we're on air long enough Listen, for us to figure out how to do this. Listen, the only one that did so well was Kelly Clarkson. Like, she's just an all-around star. She's just everything. She really Everybody is. Everybody loves her. Everybody loves her. She's so funny and relatable. Yep. Voice of a god. Yep. The way she made it work where she opens with Kelly Oki. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. Well, listen up. Listen up. Uh, if you like music, if you like Kelly Oki, you like other artists, I'm sure. You probably like Ed Sheeran. He's very popular. Well, guess what? Ed Sheeran's coming to L.A. SoFi Stadium on his upcoming mathematics tour. And in our next hour, we're giving away a pair of tickets. If you have not entered already, head over to wearechannelq.com. Enter for your chance to win. Tickets don't even go on sale until tomorrow, but we're going to give away a pair in the next hour. So make sure uh, you stay tuned to The Morning Beat. Pour yourself another cup of coffee. Uh, get ready, and we'll announce which caller, uh, and we'll also give you a phone number to call into in the next hour for Ed Sheeran tickets here on the Morning Beat. Super exciting stuff. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have? All right, well, there's a lot going on, darling. Uh, Social Security recipients will receive an annual cost of living adjustment of an 8.7% next year. The largest increase since 1981, the Social Security Administration announced today the spike will boost retirees' monthly payments by $146 to an estimated average of $1,827 for 2023. The hefty increase, which follows a 5.9% adjustment for this year, is aimed at helping Social Security's roughly 70 million recipients contend with the high inflation that's been plaguing the U.S. since last year. With the cola, or will the cola be enough to keep up inflation? It's too early to say, said Mary Johnson, Social Security and Medicare policy analyst 
at the Senior Citizens League, an advocacy group. It depends on what inflation is going to do from October and onwards. The adjustment is the highest that most current beneficiaries have ever seen, but that's because it based on an inflation metric from August through October, which is also around 40-year highs. It's right. good that they're finally doing this. It's been uh, literally since I've been alive. Yeah. The last time it happened, 1981. You weren't even a, you weren't even a thought yet. No, no. Uh, all right, let's get into a little web. 69 in Boston, 54 in Chicago, 84 in Miami, 93 in Las Vegas, 75 in L.A., and 99 in Cathedral City. The way you abbreviate weather to web just because it's just a bridge too far is adorable. Thank you. The web. The web. Whether you it's like it or not. Web. Mm. Okay, now give us a v. V. A v. Give us a v. A v. Give Here's us a v. your v of the day. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It takes away today's peace. That is so true. It is hard not to worry sometimes, though. I'm a bit of a worry wart every now yeah, and then. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's okay. Just let it go. Do your best. It's time for Therapy Thursdays. We're joined now by Dr. Kim Gorgans, who's a professor of Graduate uh, School of Professional Psychology at University of Denver. Uh, Dr. Kim, how are you? Hi, AJ. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, we're excited to have you here. This is a really interesting conversation. You know, yes, wh- it is. when I was younger, I used to remember those those houses, my friends' parents, that the moms usually, <laughs> who would uh, decorate for every season of the year. They'd put out the fun little flag out front. They'd put, like, a cornucopia on the kitchen table and a, and a fall wreath on the front door. <laughs> and I was always like, that's so wild. But also, it made me so happy Apparently, sure. psychologically speaking, mm-hmm. there could be something to that. Yeah, it's cozy and fun. So what's uh, happening? That's right. It is cozy and fun. And there's a lovely way of benchmarking the passage of time and the tradition of it. There's something reassuring in those routines. And that's probably what you responded to as a kid. Mm. Yeah, even just I was walking my dog yesterday and I passed this house, this house with cobwebs and pumpkins. And it was so exciting to me because it does. It brings up nostalgia and childlike memories. So is there a science behind it? Well, there's a really interesting, perhaps counterintuitive science behind it. I think there's really two camps of people in the fall, especially One camp of people has really mastered a mindful approach to life, and they embrace fall. And a lot of them will decorate for fall, lean into celebrating fall, and we could learn something from that group. The other folks maybe are skittish about fall and fewer hours of daylight, and they know that their, their moods are a struggle during the darker period of time in the winter months and uh, may be less excited about the fall season. And I mentioned there's something to be learned from that first group, but I really mean it. There's something inherently mindful about celebrating the passage of time, especially in the fall season, where you're really celebrating the death of flowers and leaves and a it, turnover of sorts. Mm-hmm. Well, it really, well, we call it the turning of the leaves back home. And my cousin just sent me a video this morning. She moved uh, from Los Angeles, where she's lived for the last 20 years, back home to our home state of Ohio. And I'm going to visit her in a couple of weeks and stay in her house for the first time. They live on uh, in Columbus on a hill over a river. It's beautiful, right? And she sent me a video saying, I hope the leaves hold because they're turning quick, and I hope they're still bright and vibrant when you get here. Uh, there's something about 
the color orange or rusty red that for me i'll be honest this weekend i went and bought every pumpkin spice candle i bought pump i bought <laughs> gourds i bought little pumpkins they're all over my home i bought some floral arrangements that were fall and festive and my husband came home from a work trip and he goes oh my god the place looks so beautiful thank you right oh, i feel yeah. like it makes me feel like a, this might sound weird a connection to my grandmother who passed many years ago it makes me think I love of that. The, the fall and Thanksgiving and her making me a Halloween costume and all those sorts of things. And you're saying that's all it's all good. Well, it's all good. And that nostalgia is a positive way to like engage in your life and be reminded of your foundations and to celebrate those the history that you have with a holiday. Those orange tones, that lower frequency bandwidth of light and colors, there is a wellness associated with that. Uh, that kind of agitation and vigilance, cognitive vigilance you see from blue lights, the other end of the spectrum, uh, we don't have a lot of exposure to that in the fall. So it is inherently a time to slow down and be more relaxed. I mentioned that the folks who celebrate and lean into the changing of the seasons, particularly in fall, are inherently mindful and I actually think that they probably enjoy fall because they're mindful, mm. so, and less so the other way around. So you're like that, kind Michaela. Of mastered life. Yeah. I think you're kind of like that. You love the fall. <laughs> yeah, love the fall. Yeah, it's interesting though because you, you said a moment ago that you know some people there's two camps, and I was having a conversation just yesterday with a woman who was like, "Oh God, it's that time of year." It's like, <laughs> I know it. It's the time's about to change, and I kind of love it, especially because we work so early. Well, I don't it love the time early. change. I love that part. I do. It, actually. And the time change will never make sense <laughs> yeah. to me. It will always be a very dumb thing. Just keep it what it is, people. I wish that yeah. that law would get signed where we don't have to do that anymore. No, but, no more daylight Michaela, savings. Yeah, it's close. It's close. You're right, and it throws <laughs> a lot of people for a the yes. time change it you go to work in the dark you come home in the dark for folks who are working day shifts i mean it really is brutal and it takes a toll on our mental health mm. and people anticipate that toll so yes. there is a whole camp of people for whom fall is really difficult yeah absolutely and i'm also the same person that in my car the clock will forever be an hour behind <laughs> you don't change it and i will write it out until we go forward again and my partner is a gem so sometimes she'll go and sneak in and fix it for me as she does with all things in my life Listen. but if she doesn't we're gonna be an hour behind Honey, yeah even a clock is right two times a day and that's yeah. that's yeah. the case for Michaela. Right, right, right your life falls you, apart you also talked about one last thing that i think is really fascinating that i'd love our listeners to know about uh here for therapy thursdays you talked about traditions and how they can create a bit of predictability in an unpredictable world and i think that's something we can all relate to it feels the world feels so chaotic right now that's and, right and that's we right. we did a story early pandemic where people were putting their christmas trees back up because it made them feel like safe for some reason what is that like what is happening psychologically speaking when these sorts of things make us feel like okay we've got a pattern again we feel we, we can understand what's happening right now i love that aj it's exactly that it's the illusion of control and we thrive on it we truly have very little control at the end of the day over all of the things that happen to us but we do have control over staking a claim on our space and outfitting our space to celebrate our mood and the passage of time and a season. We do have control over our memory of family traditions or our memory of our history with fall. And there is a way that we thrive in that illusion of control. And the end of the road is 
you control what you can, and you learn to be mindful about everything else. So here again, the folks who've cracked the code on decorating for Halloween and fall and drinking their pumpkin spice lattes can teach the rest of us something about being mindful about the things we really can't control. You hear that, Michaela? Yes. We're teachers. We are teachers. <laughs> oh, my God. We're therapists. <laughs> we're pumpkin right. spice Expert. latte drinking therapists. <laughs> and that's now what I've gotten from this Dr. conversation. Dr. Kim Gorgans, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You guys, thanks for having me. Take good care. Happy fall. You Happy too. fall. Uh, how about this? Americans, <laughs> Americans prefer to receive gifts this way. Now, we've talked about the joy of giving gifts and how we all enjoy that, right? You love giving gifts. I love giving gifts. I love giving anything to anybody that makes them feel loved. That's it. Um, however, according to a new poll, 2,000 Americans were polled, and 79% said that giving gifts is more fun when the recipient isn't expecting it. So when it's a surprise, that's cool. But nearly half believe gifts are especially more fun when it's a surprise to both the giver and the recipient, like a mystery box or blind item that sounds insane to me yes why would you do that i'm not giving somebody something i don't even know what it is no that feel you know what that feels like remember when you used to go to the bank with like your parents or your grandparents as a kid and they'd give you a sucker and then they had those ones that were like those little like crappy lollipops and but then they and it, sometimes you get like butterscotch and like i was the only kid in the world who actually liked that one nobody else ever did everybody everybody else wanted cherry right yeah. And then they started doing mystery pops. And oh, it seemed yeah. like, oh, that's fun and exciting. But you could still end up with butterscotch, right? And you don't even know it. That's what that feels like to yes, me. Yes, it does. I hear this that's deeply. That's not fun for anybody. And, no. and, you know, fun fact again, those suckers, you know why their mystery pops became a thing? Why? Back in the day when they used to make those suckers, the production, they'd have to stop it completely, shut down, clean out the machines, change all the wrappers, and start over when they would change flavors every time. So they realized, hmm, we have an idea of when we're going to run out of one flavor and switch to the next flavor. So here's what we can do. From the last 50 of this and the first 50 of the next one, we're going to call them Mystery Pops and put those wrappers on them. So that way we can get away with putting any wrapper on any flavor at all and we won't lose any production time and money. Love. That's why that worked. That's wonderful. I don't know why I know that. I don't either, babe. But apparently Americans think that giving a gift that you don't even know what it is is fun. How would you even do that? It's honestly because we literally just need to know everything. We're nosy and like the element of surprise and not knowing feels great. But I will say the best, best gifts and most Americans will agree are not funny or expensive gifts. They're really meaningful, unique gifts. And I totally feel that way. Such like, as what? You gave me a, a meaningful gift a few years ago. I've never worn it. But I have it in my closet, and every time I see it, it makes me smile. Yeah. You got me. When I was a kid, I wanted the Charlotte Hornets jacket really bad. Never got it. My mom got me a Bulls one because I don't, I don't know why. I wanted the Charlotte Hornets one because they had cute colors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were like teal and purple, and I was like very gay. Yeah. And you found a used one on like eBay or something and wrapped it up and gave it to me, and it, and it fits me. It's 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 a little it's a little it's a little used, but it's also a vibe, and it hangs in my closet. And every single time I get a jacket, every morning I look at it, and I'm like, oh, that makes me smile. Yeah. And that was very thoughtful. Yeah. You, you 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 filled a void from my horrendous childhood. Yes. A very very sad memory you made happy. Exactly. Well, that's why I will say the best gift I ever got. I literally have them actually on right now. I told Lisa when I was in high school, 
I was really poor and I was really going to a Catholic school because of my grades. And I got Uggs from Payless and they were Fugs. And all mm-hmm. the girls made fun of me for Fake it. Uggs. <laughs> yes. And I was so upset. So on one of our first dates, me and Lisa were out and I was like, oh, I always wanted Uggs, but I could never afford them. Um, and so for our very first Christmas, I had the story with the Uggs and I had the same story with Adidas shell shoes, mm. both things I wanted and from childhood. And so that was my Christmas present from her was a pair of Uggs that I literally have on right now. They're seven years old. Do you know how many times this is, I've never told you this, how many times I've thought about buying you Uggs and I have not because I'm like, couldn't figure out. Would she wear them, or would it feel like a betrayal? Should I talk to Lisa? It's almost like asking for like a hand in marriage. Like, should I ask Lisa if I can buy her some new oh Uggs? Oh, my God. Because I love that you love them, and that story is sentimental, but they are kind of old. They're um, old, but they last, honey, and yeah. I literally wear them every day to work. And I, the way I wept when I opened them, because it wasn't about an expensive gift. It was like she listened. She knew that was important to me when mm. I was younger. So I feel like... Meaningful gifts go so far. I love that. Yeah, it's just a sweet guy thing to do. Not these dumb mystery gifts. It's stupid. (laughs) Leah Michelle is getting all sorts of rave reviews for saving Funny Girl. They're saying this is finally the Funny Girl that should have debuted last year when Beanie took over the role, who's just never really right for it, by the way. Right. However, as much praise as she's getting for her performance on stage... Her former co-stars, still not a fan. Uh, What's poppin', Michaela? Okay, Chris Colfer confirms he's got zero plans to see her in Funny Girl. Um, The Glee alum confirmed uh, that he can be triggered from home. Mm. So he will not be seeing her. As you guys know, we reported this when it came out, when Naya Rivera died. A lot of her Glee co-stars said she was awful. She was just a horrible human being. And she was just not nice. And she has since come out and said, in her own way, there's probably some truth to that. She was a perfectionist when she was younger. Um, But it still doesn't account for the fact that she bullied a lot of people, including Chris Colfer. And he's saying, I'm good. I uh, I will not be going to support her at all. He was in New York doing an interview while, and and so of course the person says, are you going to go while you're here? So he's in the city and still has no plans, which is so shady. But I think he went on to say something about um, another. I think it was the six or one of the other shows. He said, "I did see this other show last night and it's phenomenal. I highly yeah. recommend it." I'm like, Ooh. "Yeah, he's yeah, he's been a little shady." But listen, that's how it goes. Sometimes you know you're just not going to be friends. You're not going to make up, and you're not going to go see them lead funny girl. I lo- listen. I love Chris Colfer. I, I, I remember. Do too. I remember his character because Glee took place in Lima, Ohio, which is like 30 minutes from where I grew up, right? And we like all the teams we played in sports were Lima teams, so I was there a lot. It's where the mall was, like it was like the closest thing to a city. Now the one that you see on Glee is nothing like the actual town. The actual town is terrible. Glee made it very like like shiny and bright and like like it was warm year round. It's definitely not. Um, but. His coming out story with his father, that character on the show. I remember watching that with my ex-boyfriend, sitting in bed, bawling our eyes out. Because I was like, that's so realistic. Because mm-hmm. his dad was like, a, I, he, he, I think he worked like as a mechanic or something like that. And it was just very relatable. Um, but good for Chris. Yeah, good for Chris. Good for you, honey. Yeah. 
All right, coming up, uh, we are joined with the executive producer and writer on the Amazon Prime Video Series, A League of Their Own, to talk about this fabulous new series and why you should be watching it next. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Is that Rocco down there shaking? Hey, little guy. Rocco, what are you doing? Listen. Michaela's dog Rocco is here today. heard me very clearly when I said you need to get a job. Yeah, so You well, need to pay rent. You're five now. He's trying to jump on the mic now. Yeah. Well, hop on, honey. Earn his keep. Whatever. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> we've got Odyssey, we've got a new <laughs> a new co-host in town. Ay, ay, ay. Rocco Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll know what he's doing. That'll make one of us. Uh, coming up this hour on The Morning Beat, we've got executive producer and writer on Amazon Prime's uh, A League of Their Own. Uh, all sorts of queer representation. Can't wait to have them join us to talk about something they, cool they really did this week for National Coming Out Day. Also, um, what they're doing in lesbian bars. Pretty, Love. pretty neat stuff. Uh, I didn't know there were lesbians in sports. I had no idea. Yeah, Who? not a lot of people do. Who knew? Not really a known fact. Also, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to give away another pair of tickets to go see Ed Sheeran at L.A. SoFi Stadium here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, his mathematics tour. Tickets don't even go on sale until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., but if you have been listening the last couple of weeks, you've entered for your chance to win. You still have a couple of minutes. Head over to wearechannelq.com right now. He's shaking up a storm over there. Good. He wants to win the tickets. He's Rocco trying to tell does. me he has to go to the bathroom. That's really what's going on here. So I'm going to say we're going to take, well, let's say caller number five today is what we're going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the number now. You can start calling in. Uh, the number is 1-833-77-CALL-Q, 1-833-772-2557 for Ed Sheeran tickets. Listen. Caller number five. Stay on the line. If you get through, if you get put on hold, just stay there, and we will get to you soon. Yeah, we had a fabulous winner yesterday. Philip, so good to hear from Venice. Love Philip, and we want you to have your chance to see Ed Sheeran live in concert as well. So do call caller number five. Philip's going to have a, a Hunger Games type of uh, competition to see who gets to go with him. He so did say that. That that could turn out. He poorly. did say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so with well, his maybe, friends. Maybe today that won't happen. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, what's going on in news on the beat? All right. Well, uh, Karine Jean Pierre took a moment at the beginning of Tuesday's White House press briefing to speak of her coming out story for National Coming Out Day. Like so many in the LGBTQ community, coming out wasn't an easy thing to do. My family was traditional and conservative. Being gay in my family wasn't something that you mentioned out loud or celebrated. But my family, like many, many other families, grew to accept who I was. They saw that who I loved didn't change who I was as a person. It didn't change the things I liked to do, and it didn't change the goals I had for my life. The beauty of America is its freedoms and the promise that you can achieve your dreams no matter your race, sex, country of origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. All right. Okay, as the spokesperson for the most powerful person in the world and as a member of the LGBTQ community, Jean-Pierre acknowledged the current political climate in which conservatives are attacking queer and trans people. However, she said that Americans must strive toward the country's promise. The administration is historic in the nomination and confirmation of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Assistant Secretary for Health Rachel Levine as the first out gay and trans people to attain Senate-confirmed positions. Big, big news. All right, another news. D.C. said the comic book series Superman... Son of Kaylee L. Well ends in December. The series, which came out in 2021, introduced the bisexual son of Clark Kent. 
Its first issue sold 68,000 copies, but recent sales have been less than 40,000. Uh, now amid poor sales, the comic book publisher announced at New York Comic Con that its 18th issue, due to release in December, will be its last. So there's a lot happening in the news. Come on, Superman. Yes. All right, let's do one more little news tour, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, hundreds of University of Florida students held protests this week criticizing the anticipated appointment of Senator Ben Sass to lead the school. A presidential search committee unanimously approved Sass last week as its sole finalist for the top job. Prior to his election to the U.S. Senate in 2015, Sass had led a small private Lutheran college in Nebraska for several years. The protest against his appointment is the latest development at the intersection of LGBTQ rights and an increasingly politicized public education landscape in Florida, a state that has long been seen as a sort of ground zero in the fight for LGBTQ equality in the United States. Listen, we still are waiting for number five. We've got some callers coming in, but we're still trying to get to number five. If you want Ed Sheeran tickets here in Los Angeles, absolutely free. They're going to be awesome. He's incredible. Call in right now. one 877 call q mm-hmm. That's one 877 We're getting close. Call us, honey. All right. Weather, 69 in Boston, 54 in Chicago, 84 in Miami, 93 in Vegas, 75 in L.A., and 99 in Cathedral City. While we wait for your calls, give us a vibe of the day. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It takes away today's peace. Do we have a caller on the line, Vanessa? Shall we go to it? Shall we do this live? Why not? It's radio. Okay, let's do it. This is what we do. Hello? Hello? Hi, who are we talking to? Um, Mercedes. Hi, Mercedes. Thank you for listening to Channel Q. Were you calling for Ed Sheeran tickets? I was, yeah. How bad do you want to go? Pretty bad. (laughs) Well, then, congratulations, Queen. You are caller number five. You are going to see Ed Sheeran live in concert. Congratulations. That's so awesome. Thank you. uh, Have you ever seen an Ed Sheeran concert? Have you ever seen him perform live? I have not. Oh, no. so, so good. And where are you calling us from? Um, currently Chicago, but okay. I'm in Inglewood most of the time. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you've got some time. The, the, I think the, the, the concert is actually a few months down the road. So yes. you've got a little bit of time to make your plans. Uh, do you have any <laughs> idea who you're going to bring? Um, no, not yet. Got to see who's available. Got to figure <laughs> it out. Well, thank you for listening well, to us on 96.3 FM HD2 in Chicago. Uh, and, of course, on 97.1 FM HD2 here in Los Angeles when you're in town. Mercedes, congratulations. Uh, would you tell our, our listeners, who is sending you to see Ed Sheeran? Uh, Channel Q. Come Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Now, Michaela, you know, a couple of months ago, my husband and I were invited to the uh, a, a launch party for Amazon Prime's A League of Their Own, the series. Yes. We went because we were like, listen, obviously this is fun. We get some free swag. I think they had Pink's Hot Dogs there. That was kind of fun. Like, we were going for that part. And we loved the original film so much. Little did we know this series is going to be full of all sorts of LGBTQ plus representation, which makes us love it even more. And we're joined right now uh, to talk about exactly what they are doing for our community uh, with the executive producer and writer of A League of Their Own, Desta Tedros Ref. Uh, Desta, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am great. I'm excited uh, to be here. Well, you guys did something really cool for National Coming Out Day this week. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, we were doing screenings across the country. We did um, we we did some on the day. We have some that are continuing. There's a bunch today, but I think so much of I think coming out is a celebration of finding yourself, and I think also finding your your queer community, mm. um, however you decide to build that. And I think we wanted to do something that both was a celebration of National Coming Out Day, was a celebration of just queerness, and just. Uh, uh, a celebration and an attempt to sort of build more of that community by kind of doing these screenings across the country at um, queer bars. It's such a good idea because it's so sad. As a lesbian and in a relationship for almost eight years now, me and Lisa love to go out and we love to be with our community. And it just feels like all of the lesbian bars are just not around anymore and so this is such a great way to bring attention and to do it in such a fun way because a league of our own is the most iconic film and now series yeah i mean it's funny when we were doing research for the show that was one of the things we talked about that i think i mean i i, I would have to fact check myself but i'm pretty sure like the, this is a right statistic that there were more like queer bars then than they are actually now like wow. lesbian bars mm. it is this thing i think with the pandemic with just the world in general there is it's a little bit it feels like a dying breed i remember i lived in um san francisco for a couple of years with my wife who was my girlfriend at the time and we would try to go out and like we've i've gone back i have kids now and i've i've gone back to just you know like at least walk outside of my my old haunts and they're not there so this was a way i think we could uh, build community and support sort of our lesbian spaces 
um, which is, I think, so much of what the show is about, is just sort of promoting and celebrating and supporting mm-hmm. uh, queerness. That's Okay, that's what shocked me the most, which I loved, because it felt like, listen, the original film was iconic. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, like, it was, it was all there. It was, it, and it lives, you know, in our hearts forever, right? But what they didn't really tackle was queerness. Right. It was kind of like alluded to Rosie O'Donnell just being a part of the film was like a big deal for people. But we didn't really like we didn't get to hear those stories or learn about these characters. So when you were approaching creating this series, uh, what were those conversations like when it came to, you know, LGBTQ plus representation? Well, I think what's so, I mean, I think, again, the movie is so iconic, and I think people forget because we have such a passage of time. And actually, to me, that's a lot of progress that we are, you know, what, 30 years later from the film, and we're looking back at, like, all the things that aren't in it, um, which shows how far we've come. But at the time, just having a sports sports movie about female athletes was revolutionary, Mm. right? was, like, new and novel and, like, transformed some of the cinematic landscape. So there was so much that that film did, but also so much that the, the, the movie couldn't do, which was really our opportunity and really our responsibility. We were stepping into these stories and, and the genesis of the show was really Will Graham, who's one of the co-creators and the co-creator writer, fantastic person, queer, um, like loving the movie, which is such a part of, you know, it's, it's a part of Pure Canon, even though there's no explicit queerness in the film, it's like such a deep, a film that's so deeply a part of Pure Canon. Um, really looking into the real stories and finding so much of this that was real. I mean, that was, you know, like when you speak to people in the league and you're just like the numbers, and it's like we are through the charts. Yeah. Because yeah. Course, it was a bunch of female athletes. It was a way to build a life in yourself for yourself that where you got a good paycheck and you weren't required to be married or with a man. I mean, it's really a no brainer when you think of it. And that is what's so great about the now of this show coming out is, we get to tell all those stories because we have an audience and an appetite and, and an excitement around it. It's so true. And if you think about a lot of programming right now, there's nothing really that's being lesbian led. So it's so exciting to just see all of this visibility. It's so great that you're bringing so much attention to lesbian bars, to the community with this series. And yeah. it's just going to be so exciting well, to watch. I think we talk about on the show a lot, like, like these women, essentially, these real life women who played for the league back in the day during World War II when they were essentially filling in for men. Right. Um, because because yeah. God forbid we give women their own league when men are available. Um, but. We talk about, you know, Megan Rapinoe and, and Ashlyn Harris and, and, and Ali Krieger and, like, the Abby Wambach, like, these iconic female sports figures now. But these were that's, – that's who they were then before social media and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I also think that's kind of the – like, bringing up all those figures or something. I mean, the thing that makes me think is just the – the fight for equal pay that the Women's Soccer League has, has gone through. And, yeah. and I think that's what's so important about – telling these stories i mean just like representation just because it's exciting i think we we put a lot of like gravitas on telling these stories and i think there's a lot of gravitas but i also just want to say it's just i just that was part of what i love about the show is we just get to tell a bunch of lesbian queer black stories that just get to be stories and get to be fun they don't have to be the first of you know what i mean yeah like there there's a normalcy to it that i think we often yeah. don't get in representation but I think that's what is so important about. But it is there is a, a, obviously like an importance to the show, and I think it's because like we are still in the midst of representation issues. We are still in the midst of equity and equality issues. So uh, all those, all those, they were those athletes of the time, and they were struggling for 
visibility. They were struggling to be, you know, celebrated and appreciated for their athletic ability rather than their, you know, their gender. And I think that those are issues that we are still struggling with, and that's why the show is important. And I think also why it resonates. Mm. It's not just like being seen and being celebrated, which is so lovely and so important. One of the things I love the most about the show, but I also think you're watching it with the lens of now, seeing then the lens of now and being like, huh. Interesting. This is still exists. Oh, this I is ha- the as, yeah, sorry, go ahead. as somebody who's obsessed with film, and, and, and I have to ask you, though, did Penny Marshall have any idea this was going to be made into a series before she passed? Mm-hmm. She left us in 2018. Iconic, you know, uh, director of the first film. Um, did she have any idea this was going to uh, have new legs? Yes. So Will, who co-created Will Graham, and then Abby Jacobson, who co-created with Will and Place Carson, went and basically before she passed, got her blessing, went Ugh. and talked to her. And she was wow. she was vocal about, like, you know, the movie was great, and there were a lot of things we couldn't, we could put in story-wise, and there were a lot of things there wasn't room or the time for. And that's what's sort of exciting about stepping into it 30 years later. So she, she, she did... Uh, give it her lesson, her blessing, which is really special. And actually, her daughter reached out to us after watching, I believe, and was just like speaking really positively about it. Ugh. So that was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so great. Wow. Um, Dessa, thank you so much for joining us, executive producer and writer on the Amazon Prime video series, A League of Their Own. I earlier said A League of Our Own because apparently I'm also in the well, league. Well, it's ours. I mean, and- that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I play on a lesbian we'll dodgeball team. Well, Dessa, if you need a lesbian dodgeball player, um, you can call on me or kickball. Two things I'm very good at. So just throwing that out there. Thank you so much for joining I'm us. I'm in my back pocket. <laughs> Listen, I've had some coffee now, so I'm a little bit better. But that first hour today was rough. Woo! You and I and our boss Brian went out for cocktails last night. I had two, and then I went home and had one glass of wine. To be fair, my one glass of wine is sort of like half a bottle. Is it? Kind of. Honestly, that's what I want to talk about more. So, uh, but, but my point, so so before I let, that's why I was a little bit tired today. I've had some coffee. I'm better. Great. It's also Thursday. Yeah. Which should be the end of our work week if we had it our way. A million percent. Four days is good for me. Okay. However, I want to talk about wine pour. We can do it in a different <laughs> segment. But I swear to God, I went to my friend's house the other day and she poured us a glass of wine and she filled that thing up. And like, mm-hmm. I wasn't complaining, but yeah. I was like- what is when people are like, oh, I'm gonna go home and have a glass of wine? No, it's a, it's a half a bottle. At what least. does that look like to people? Sure, it's very different because if you go to a restaurant, they pour like five ounces. Yeah, nobody pours five ounces at home. It's ridiculous. But are you having a whole bottle of wine, a half a bottle, or well, five ounces? You sent my mom a wine glass that holds, I think, two bottles of wine. Yeah, you sent that to her I in did. the mail a couple I did. years ago, and now my mom's an alcoholic, so thank you. Well. At least she's got a glass big enough to hold her wine. <laughs> well, let's, let's hold on for another day for that conversation. Let's talk about uh, the five types of work days employees can have. Okay. Right? Because I find that you and I have a very similar pattern. Monday, we're all gung-ho. We're ready to go. Exactly. Tuesday, sometimes we have a sleepy day. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays are fun because we hit our mid midweek. We're like, yeah, we can do this. Thursday, we're like, oh, we're here again. And then Fridays are a blast. Right. And I feel like that's a pretty typical work week, no matter how much you love your job or not. Right. Um, But apparently uh, Virginia Commonwealth University looked at 11,000 workday surveys taken over two to nine months by 221 different office workers, discovering that workers tend to cycle through five different kinds of days. Now, there's the typical day. Right. And this is about a third 
right? A third of our work days are kind of just typical. Nothing out of the ordinary happens. They're kind of forgettable. Uh, you might not be terribly creative. You might not really be very down either. You're just kind of like getting through it. Exactly. Pretty common. Feel right? this. That happens. Then there's the ideal work day, right? Uh, that makes up about 29% of your days. Now, these days are very productive. They're filled with freedom, challenging work, support from your management, uh, and it will keep you going like deadlines don't seem to matter to you that much because you're happy. You're like working on a project. You feel great about yourself. Yeah. Right? Those days for us, I think, uh, if we get to go, sometimes you go downstairs to our brand new studio. We get to use that studio. That's really fun and exciting for us. Or if we have a guest coming in studio, which doesn't happen a lot anymore mm-hmm. because of COVID, COVID. That feels exciting. That's really fun for us. Or if we get to film something extra after work that's going to be shown somewhere really cool, that's exciting for us, right? Those sorts of things, I think, how we can relate to that. Um, or we get to give away tickets. We're giving away tickets all week to Ed Sheeran. That's fun. Yeah, right? I that's, love it. That makes it more exciting. So that's, I think, the ideal work day. Now Bringing your dog to work. There's Yes, that that part makes I'm the typical a little it. bit less typical. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's the crisis day, right? We've all had those things happen. And about 90% or 19%, sorry, of our days are crisis days. We've had those. Wow. We talked about this last night at happy hour. Michaela and I, best friends. But we also work together every single day, and that's a lot. Through a pandemic. At 6 a.m. At 6 a.m. It's the first person I see when I wake up in Through the, the loss of her grandmother, through a pandemic. We've been through a lot. Through the loss of my sister. She's still very much alive. She just doesn't like me. Um, so every six months or so, she and I have a blow-up fight. You've seen one of them, Vanessa. I think you've seen one mm-hmm. of them. Like every six months. Yeah. We kind of like let each other have it. We go off. We don't talk to for like half a day, and then we cry and hug, and then we're fine. Yeah. And everything is great. I think that's a crisis day. Yeah, that's a crisis day. We have day. like two a year. Yeah. yeah. But also, I love those fight days because yeah. I, and this can be, <laughs> this will depend on who you ask, but I'm not afraid of confrontation. I enjoy it and I embrace it because I feel like it makes you so much closer. Like, yeah. I don't want the fake friendships. I want to fight with you. I want to love you. Yep. I want to be honest. Uh, but it definitely is a crisis day. Well, and if you don't have those days from time to time, I think, you run into these last two types of days, which are the least common, but the worst to deal with. The disengaged type of day, which means you don't care about your job. You're, you're like you're like just not passionate about anything. And I've always said that in relationships, once I hit the moment of apathy, I'm gone. And that is the worst place for me to be in a relationship because then I'm out. I don't really care anymore. And the last one, and we did, we kind of worked through some of this, a toxic work environment. That is one thing that I think that nobody, and only 8% of employees' days tend to be toxic, fully toxic. But I think what the pandemic showed us is that, like, we don't want that anymore. No. Like, we're not okay with that. We're not going to deal with it. It's, 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 no, we're better than that. Yeah. People are done. The boundaries are set. Hopefully most of your days are at least typical, sometimes ideal, uh, and a an occasional crisis isn't so bad. Yeah, that's okay. Don't freak out. Oh, this is a match made in heaven. Kanye West made a <sighs> new friend. God. Ladies and gentlemen. And Michaela has the details and what's popping. Ooh, I don't want to have the details. It's so weird. Kanye West is in constant talks with Candace Owens. Friends believe that she's influencing him. So... Candace Owens tells uh, TMZ that she had no part in planning the shirts with Kanye West, nor has she been working as an advisor. Despite the veracity of the statement, White Lives Matter, it is false that Yee and I were planning it for weeks, as you claim in your story. As you will recall from my interview with Tucker Carlson, I had no idea I would be wearing the T-shirt until I arrived in Paris as a guest to Yee's fashion show. 
Um, she says, I continue, I'm grateful to have been by his side for such an iconic moment, which fostered a much needed national conversation. Also, it's false, the idea that I am working for him now. Okay, this is so stupid. They obviously knew. They're wearing the exact same shirt, one in black, one in white. Together no, she's, in photos. She's saying she did not intend on wearing that shirt. It wasn't like three weeks planned. It was she got to the show got as it. a guest and he gave her the shirt and was like, let's wear this. And she was like, great. Yeah, so we can get some publicity. Well, it doesn't matter either way. I mean, that's just a wild, yeah. a very, I don't know what's going on with Kanye. Somebody had a theory that they think he's running for president in two years, which is why he's doing all this right now. Nobody's going to vote for him. They did it the first time. I know. I love it, though. Run as a Republican. Go off. Yeah. Go off. I don't know. Very weird. Very weird pairing. All right. So I don't know if I'll, I'll believe this when I see it, but people are saying they're going to delete their grinder now because of the new uh, incoming CEO of the company. There's a hashtag trending on social media. It's hashtag literally delete grinder. Okay. So grinder is moving forward with plans to take the company public to the tune of a $2.1 billion valuation and has tapped George Arison as its new CEO to oversee the process. Right now, Arison is 44 years old is the co-founder and former CEO of e-commerce marketplace Shift Technologies and will start at Grindr uh, on October 19th, so next week, as one of the few openly gay men leading a public company. Okay, so that sounds like it's a good thing, great, right? Great, one great, great. One of our own. Uh, but after old tweets written by Aaron uh, Arison have begun resurfacing, a PR storm appears to be brewing <gasps> for the dating app. And uh, they're not good. That's right. So... They're going back and finding uh, a number of conservative-leaning political tweets from the executive, uh, which include praise for Mitt Romney and Senator Mitch McConnell. In February of 2020, he also responded to a since-deleted tweet from then-presidential hopeful uh, Michael Bloomberg stating that he is a conservative who agrees with some Trump policies. <sighs> so this yeah, guy this, is a bit of a Trumper. I mean, look, if we're still—I don't ever want to say anything because if it ever came back on me, I'd be like, karma— but are we still having tweets that should not be written all of a sudden appear well, and then be like, also oops? Go, go delete them. Like Just real delete talk, your Twitter. Just delete, I deleted – there's an app or, 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 or something online you can do. I did this like a year or so ago when everybody was getting canceled on Twitter. And I was like, God, what did I say 10 years ago? I don't want to – I shudder to think of the things I used to post on Twitter. I was always going through my emotions. I get reminders of on Facebook, Facebook of the terrible, dumb things that dumb. I used to say. I was so angry all the time. I wasn't angry. I was just annoying. Now and just... I really try to do self-love. But some of the things I'm like, girl, you sound wild. Yeah, you sound whack. I'm I'm angry some of the times now. That's okay, it. great. But, uh, yeah, so but you can go through. And I went through and I deleted anything older than a year. I'm like, I don't need it. Why? I don't need my tweets. Yeah. I don't even tweet anymore. Like, I barely ever tweet. But I used to think, like... I was like impacting the world back in the day, and I would get in fights and just dumb stuff. So go delete it if you're going to take over as the CEO of Grinder. I mean, they gotta know. And you're like a, a member of our community, but also a Trumper. Like, I, 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 I'm glad we know. Yeah. But like, also like, don't let us know. Well, a spokesperson for Grinder shared the following statement. George is an out gay man, proudly married to his husband and the father of two children. George is passionate about fighting for the rights and freedom of LGBTQ people around the world. Mm -hmm. Well, he also so. said that Glenn Youngkin should uh, run for governor. 
and and he's also very very Republican, very very anti LGBTQ. We've talked about him on the show. Like, come on. Yeah, but un- un- unfortunately, and I think you'll know this to be true. Grinder's not going anywhere. No yeah. one's going to delete it. People will forget about this in a couple of days. But could he go somewhere? Could they get rid of him? No, that's what I'm saying. Grinder put out a statement standing behind him. George is a good guy. He's Great. an out man. Well done. And married. So Grinder. Is doing nothing. Awesome. We'll go nowhere. Awesome. Yeah, but with the more you know. Wait, what? Sorry, I just got a notification really quickly. Oh, uh, you have a new it... co- uh, three feet away. Angel, Michaela, I told you to delete it. Get off your grinder, weirdo. I'm not going to have sex with you. Don't make this about me. Tell me something good. So on this day in LGBTQ plus history, in 1997, the short story Brokeback Mountain by Annie Prue is published in The New Yorker. Interesting little fun fact. Uh, went on to be a really phenomenal film that really sort of just put our, 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 our lifestyle, our issues, our stories at the forefront of pop culture. Obviously, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Heath Ledger, uh, just phenomenal in that film. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved it. 1999, let's fast forward a couple of years, President Clinton renews his call to include gay men and lesbians in hate crimes legislation. That was a big deal, and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Just imagine. 1998, I'm a junior in high school, and we are still not included in hate crimes legislation. That's wild to think about. Crazy. It's a different world. Yeah, it is. Uh, All right. I'm V excited about this. I know that you love the movie Elf. Because you're like him. I like to you're smile. Like Smiling is my favorite. He can literally quote the movie. You're so thing. pretty. You should be okay. on a Christmas All right. card. Okay. Congrats. All right. You did it. Here we go. World's greatest coffee. Amen, sister. Okay. Okay. Dad? Okay. Whoa. Santa, I know him. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going all day long. <laughs> okay. Well, we love Christmas here at the Morning Beat. We love Will Ferrell. And he's got a new movie out with Ryan Reynolds. And it's getting us into the holiday spirit. Take a listen. What is all of this? I am your ghost of Christmas present. Like a Christmas carol? What do you, do you think I'm gonna be all intrigued by what's behind the door? I... Not even a little bit curious? I can't, I'm very curious. Um, I'm so, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell in Together. a Christmas movie? Wild. Say less. Like say, I'm gonna watch it. <sighs> and I love it and I need it. And I want it right now. It's in theaters November 11th. So exciting. And then a week later, it's on Apple uh, Apple TV+. Plus. I'm for sure. I'm not a big theater goer. I know. But I'm for sure going to go to the theaters to see this. Oh, you won't go. Because su- I want to get into the. You won't go support the- bros, but you'll go support these bros? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Because it's going to kick off my holiday spirit. <laughs> I'm ready for Christmas. I love you, Christmas. And I missed you. Between this and Christmas and the, with the Cranks, you're all set. <gasps> oh, somehow, my God. Christmas with the Cranks is still on Netflix right now. Somehow it's still both of our favorite, like, why? terrible and why? Christmas movie. I don't know. It's not good. I have no idea why. My husband and I kick off every single holiday season by watching it. It's with Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen and then Dan Aykroyd. It's terrible. It's the worst movie ever. And you know who else loves it? Who? Lisa Pittman. Yeah. Everybody loves, loves it, it, but it's so bad. It's the worst movie I've but ever we seen. we love it, and we have the DVD of it, <laughs> and we have no idea where it came from. I don't know where it came from. My husband doesn't know where it came from. It's a Christmas it's miracle. It's a Christmas gift. So for that reason alone, we start off every single holiday season by watching that film. When what? she jumps out of the tanning bed and the priest is the standing worst, there. The worst. And he's in a Speedo. Oh, my God. I love this movie. And Jamie Lee Curtis has, like, 
big breasts. Like she. Oh my she god! I know. How about when she has the vest on, the Christmas vest, and she and thinks, she buttons it. <laughs> she thinks she's getting ready to get lucky, and he's she like, chugs his wine, and he looks at her, he goes, "Oh no, not that, never that." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Let's or go home says, and watch it. When she finds out that the daughter is bringing home her boyfriend Enrique, and he goes, "What's Enrique?" <laughs> so stupid. Movie. Oh. All right, as always, thank you so much for listening to our show today. We have a great show for you as we head into the weekend. Make sure you stick around for Love Line tonight with Dr. Chris Donahue, and we will say you tomorrow. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.